Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Cast Dice, the podcast that explores the great big wild world of tabletop gaming that exists today. It's been said once or twice, mainly on this podcast, that we are in the middle of a gaming renaissance. There are just too many good games that we can spend our hobby time and our hobby dollars on. It can lead to a serious case of not knowing what to play next. And I guess that's the purpose of this podcast. It's to dig into the games that my guests and I enjoy playing, to talk about big industry events, and to talk to the people who create these games. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we had on Hari recently to talk about the Bolt Action event at CanCon because that is the big show uh, for Bolt Action in Australia every year. But it isn't just a Bolt Action event. As we talked about on that episode, CanCon is a game convention, a big one, Australia's big one. And in the past, way back when and throughout, it has always been an event that brings games to the fore that people want to play. I have played in Warhammer events of both 40K and fantasy events there of well over, over 100 players. And the big games always get more numbers. And it's sort of a litmus test for a game's popularity on the numbers that it can get for CanCon. Now, I say that as the prelude to this because something pretty amazing has happened at CanCon coming up at the beginning of 2023. It is in January. A game that I love and I played for years and years and years, badly I might add, but I loved, has come back from the dead. And it has come back from the dead in a big, big way. Now, I played in an event for this game a year ago. There was a casual, fun gaming weekend with some friends uh, in, in a rented house. But at CanCon 2023, we are seeing the return of Warhammer Fantasy Battle. Now, you might say, okay, cool. They're going back to the most recent edition, jump back to 8th edition. But no, it isn't. We're going back to my opinion, and again, that's my opinion, and I know that a lot of people disagree with this. It's a hotly contested topic, and we're going to get to that in a second. But they're bringing back my favorite edition of Fantasy Battle, 6th edition. Whew. Now, joining me today are the tournament organizers for the Old World uh, – was it Lives? I almost said Returns, but no, the Old, Old World Lives. Event at CanCon this year. Man, I want to hear what they have to say because this is going to be epic. Ben and Julian, welcome to Cast Dice. Thanks, Brad. Thanks, Brad. First time caller, long time listener. <laughs> what an introduction. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're really it. excited to be on this, actually, more than anything. I think it's like life, life goals. We've ticked that one off. <laughs> we're on, on Cast Dice. We also, uh, I think at the moment we're beating bolt action, so we're happy about that too. But um, having said that, if you can't, you, you might have a problem getting to the old world loops. Lives. <laughs> and if so, uh, get, get, get along to bolt action. It's a great game. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Now, you guys do definitely both play bolt action, but we are here to talk about something else today. And you just cheekily alluded to that there. 
You guys are sold out at 46 players at CanCon this year with a waiting list for a game system that has been dead dead for 15 years? 15. What what, what when, when did sixth ed tick over? Yeah. Uh, I think maybe seventh ed might have came out in a, what 2006 2007. Okay. Yeah, I, I, sometimes some some things I've read talk about 2004, but I mean, look, it's in the depths of sort of deepest darkest history for me. Uh, I know I was probably doing other life things at that point. I, I'm, I'm of that vintage that remembers third third edition as a young person, um, but you know, like a lot a lot of people missed sixth edition and. Mm -hmm. I remember hearing about it and I remember sort of passing a, the stores back in the day and it kind of looked cool and I thought one day, one day I'll get to do that. <laughs> and we got an opportunity to do it, so it's it's been fantastic. Um, so, yeah, it hasn't been around. Um, what's what's fair? I mean, we'll probably talk about why it's happening, why it's got some popularity and some interest, but um, it's just very exciting to be putting it on at CanCon and um, filling a gap there for a range of not only just old players in terms of vintage, but also um, new players who have never played any Warhammer uh, Fantasy Battle rules at all. Now, I've tried listening to some Age of Sigmar podcasts and because I love the lore of the Warhammer world. It is some of Games Workshop's best stuff, and they do wonderful literature. You know, some of the books are just fantastic. Some of the authors, amazing. It's why I still read the Horus Heresy books. But... It always freaks me out when I listen to an Age of Sigmar content, you know, content of any kind, and they start talking about Age of Sigmar's Warhammer. Because in my mind, they're two very different animals. Um, one, of course, uh, Warhammer Fantasy is the rank and flank game, and Age of Sigmar, let's just leave it, it isn't. Now, I have played Age of Sigmar. It was fun. Um, however, I think by the amount of content I've done on that game for the show, it tells you about how much I actually enjoyed it. Um, Guys, how did you get to bringing fantasy, specifically sixth ed, back? Because both of you were eighth ed players. How did you go to running a sixth ed event at Australia's largest game convention? Well, we were both eighth ed players, but like Ben said, have played earlier editions as well. So personally, I used to play fifth edition and sixth edition and then took a hiatus from the hobby for like six years and then came back and played eighth. And Ben, you played what third through to yeah. I played a bit of bit of third to sort of fifth, I think, as a as a teenager. Um, but yeah, no, I stopped. Yeah. And then and then I returned to the game for eighth edition. But but, but yeah, keep going. I was gonna, in terms of like why why are we doing sixth edition now? Um, I guess earlier this year, like sort of back January February type time. Um, I was trying to get games of 8th edition in Canberra and just really struggling to find other players. And um, we, a, a Canberra Facebook group got set up a few months prior um, for 6th edition and it kind of just took off a little bit. And just all of a sudden it was just a lot easier to get games of 6th edition than it was of 8th edition. Yeah, so it was a little bit just by accident really. It's just there was out of the woodwork, you know, come these players. It's kind of random. Like the, the thing, I guess the agency bit came from, there were a couple of uh, young younger men who moved to Canberra from Sydney who were part of the the, the um, excellent human beings at the at the Shire. Uh, what's the name of it? Can you remember the name? Oh, yeah. Shire Game. Anyway. Yeah, I think you know who we're talking about, Brad. They put on Moab. Yeah. Um, 
Anyway, a couple of those guys, they'd been playing six edition for a while and a couple of them um, moved to Canberra and were asking questions about, hey, you know, who wants to play a game? And they were talking about six and that, I think, picked some people's interest that are still around vaguely on these ancient history um, Facebook pages and occasionally looking at what someone was doing. Um, but it's been quite amazing, Brad, because I, I think partly it's um, I think it's a reaction partly to the the COVID situation for a while. I think a lot of mm-hmm. hobbyists found themselves with an opportunity to paint and uh, look at things and look at nostalgia and becoming very nostalgic. Mm-hmm. And then when the opportunity to actually go and play, you know, a couple of friends came up. I think just quite organically people have... Um, chosen game systems that you know like well you know apparently this one's dead uh, and i think that's what i'm loving about playing this game is actually proving that wargaming is not just about playing the latest shiny toy you can actually go and grab some rules from a long time ago and bring your shiny new toys along and, and have a really nice fun time because some of those rules are, are fantastic and sixth edition is uh, in terms of my view, and I think I'm not sure what you, you think, Julian, but mm. I'm probably the most balanced. It's probably also got the most comprehensive sort of fluff thing, which is one of the reasons why people are into it. We've got older guys who were running tournaments back in the uh, dog cons, they were called in Canberra, back in the ancient mm-hmm. world um, <laughs> of the, um, that time period. They, they had 300 people or something at, at one of yeah. those events in like 2000 or nine. Just huge events for sixth edition back in the day. Some of those. Um, uh well vintaged um fantastic human beings we get we get to play them um uh social games now and it's that's really lovely so but we've had young guys who've uh and well, younger people who've never um never heard of warhammer so yeah. we've we've had a couple of randoms come along and i guess with this one what's most exciting is we've got people who's coming as far away as brisbane um, obviously some people from New South Wales, but, you know, this Victorian's going, uh, which is incredible. And we've got a good solid little scene in Canberra of people who want to play 6th edition, but they're also open to playing lots of different games, and I think that's what we want to encourage. Yeah, I mean, I think you've definitely hit the nail on the head there because the guys that I played with a year ago all picked it up uh, only because one of them had nostalgic memories of reading about it in White Dwarf. And all the other guys were too young to have actually played it in the wild. And they read the rules. And because, as you said, it it it's a complete rule set in that it's not necessarily dead. It's just all there. You don't have to wait for the next thing. All of it in its entirety currently exists out in the world right now. And so a bunch of guys were able to pick up books for cheap on buy, swap, sell before Six of the Dead you know, became hot again. And then those actually started being expensive. Um, and, but as you say, it was that nostalgia. And for me, you know, I spent my lockdown painting a GI Joe army for bolt action, you know, recreating my childhood, but I also painted a bunch of metal Skaven to match the army that I had a million years ago. So I could play with it again. And it's just going back to those things that we loved we didn't have a competition to paint for. We didn't have any, you know, events to, to, to drive the hobby. And for someone like me with attention deficit disorder, I was just leaning into whatever made me feel good. And as the lockdowns were thick and plenty down in Melbourne, that meant mm-hmm. to finding the nearest nostalgia kit I could grab any given day. And, you know, it was just, it was, it was a lot of fun, but Warhammer was absolutely part of that for me. Um, and what a fantastic time to pick it up again. 
because we have, of course, the elephant in the room. The old world, the game, is coming from Games Workshop. Now, they announced that 2020. Um, I'm trying really hard not to look because mm. I don't get really excited every couple of months and then put it aside again and be burnt out by the time the game comes out because that's how my hobby ho operates. Ooh, a castle, you know, the goldfish and the bowl. You guys have got to be excited about the old world. Yeah, definitely. Um, super looking forward to playing it. Like sixth edition to some extent is filling that hole, like while mm -hmm. while we're waiting. And you know, who knows what it'll be like. Um, I hope it's good. But you know, if it's not, there's sixth edition. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, Ben and I don't just play sixth edition. Like like you said before, we but we both play bolt action, but we play a variety of games. We also play Warlords of Erewhon, uh, Oathmark. We've just completely finished the Rangers of Shadow Deep campaign. Oh, brilliant. Um, so play yeah. yeah a variety of games. So absolutely looking forward to the old world, but not like pinning everything on it. So like I hope it's a great game, and I hope it brings the commu the Warhammer community together um, and creates a big community. But you know we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, I, I, I'm yeah the same sort of um, yeah I. We're trying to obviously be excited about it and it will do something for us, I think, uh, as a, people are mad about war games. Uh, I just, I've got a bit of a wait and see. I find every time there's some news, I can't look at the, the immediately news thing mm -hmm. because I don't want to be disappointed <laughs> and I'd rather just sort of slow. I'll, I'll often look at the latest news thing after I've spoken to some other people and sort of spend some weeks and then I go, okay. All right, well, let's just wait and see. Let's just wait and see. Um, because, I mean, people who played 8th edition um, were used to getting very disappointed. And it's, it's amazing that there's still – there are whole YouTube channels out there of people still kicking the can down the road about why did GW kill Warhammer Fantasy? Like, yeah. um, you know, and you, you've covered that extensively with people who are involved in working mm -hmm. there and all that disappointment. But um, I think with that, people who were, <laughs> were game players at the time, it was a bit rude – um playing a game which they basically all the fluff was telling you that they were going to not just end your supporting a, a system of rules but um blow up the entire universe for for why like um you know yeah. you can be cynical maybe it was ip so we can change the name of orcs to something silly um whatever but um yeah i'm i'm a bit of a wait and see we'll see how it goes i i hope it's good um we'll do, definitely give it a red hot go uh, yeah. It would be lovely, I think, if it brings in new players. An idea of, I'm hoping it's going to be a rank and flank game, and I'm hoping it's going to be something that's going to be accessible. Is is really the the key thing. So there are problems with how eight flint and the model count and stuff like that. But um, we at the same time we don't want you know hero hammer like I don't know like you, there's a lot of speculation what it'll be like. Let's just wait and see and give yeah. it a go. And uh, yeah, but it will be very good when it when it happens. I think it will be um, interesting to see how it goes, particularly with the success of PC other games like Total War, Warhammer. Um, who knows? Who knows? It could wipe out the floor of other game systems, or it just could be a flash in a pan if they don't actually. Um, well, I think of Vapor Edition, they seemed to. It was like it's like movies you're watching where it's like you can tell when the script writers were sacked and the hairdressers and the stylists were put in. Um, that's yep. pretty much what happened to 8th edition was 
they released army books and models and you go, did, did they even play test this like they had a policy of not engaging with people who are playing um or even well yeah. if they did they were just watching mm. not talking to and not listening to what they were saying so hopefully they've learned from that i guess would be our thing but yeah. there are lots of great games out there too so we're not fanboys i think is the key thing we're trying to get across there yeah. is have an open mind and don't just sort of swallow what the latest you know craze is um to have yeah. an open mind is what, what I think I'm saying there. The latest craze is kind of my middle name in gaming, but <laughs> <laughs> jump let's talk about why you're here because I think our conversation will continue once we get into the event itself. Of course, um, the event is the Old World Lives, which is the Warhammer Fantasy Battle sixth ed event at CanCon, uh, January 21st and 22nd. 2023 it is a 2000-point event now the question is you know wait which edition is this again because as i alluded to earlier people naturally gravitate towards you know seventh ed eighth ed um the more recent editions but i think it's important to take a second to go back in time to talk about sixth ed now sixth ed i i did play fourth i did play fifth and i played them very badly. Um, but sixth ed was the first edition that I kind of understood enough to play poorly, but have fun doing it. Um, and it was a wonderful stopping point because they kind of put a plug in fifth, but didn't kill the world. They put out a new edition for sixth, and they rebalanced mm -hmm. the game, which was yep. huge at the time because it, it kind of invalidated all the army books going into sixth edition. And they put out a book with the rule set called Ravening Hordes. And it gave you a, a get by army list for every army in the game. Now we've seen them do this multiple times since then, but at the time this was revolutionary. Um, this is, I believe maybe it was the same ballpark time that second ed in 40 K went and then third ed jumped over and they went to the much smaller books. Well, fantasy kept the big books, but they did wipe all the army lists at once and then give you things back, um, give you a get by list. And then they released the books quickly thereafter. Um, now what that meant was sixth ed was very much contained entity in and of itself. And it had a great run. It ran a lot longer than a lot of other editions of both 40 K and fantasy. And because it was around for so long, it was the first time we saw summer battle campaigns in the form of storm of chaos. And um, there were other attachments and expansions to the game. There was the Lustria campaign. There were all of these additional fluff building, army expanding, world building articles and books that made Sixth Ed something special. Yeah, they did. Now, uh, they, had a, they, had a, they had a few campaigns. It was like yeah. you mentioned Storm of Chaos, but they also did the Nemesis Crown, which was like one set in the Empire. That's right. Which has some nice um, rules and sort of maps and things that they released for. Um, and they did um, the Al Albion campaign That's as well. Right. Albion was awesome. Which, yeah, it yeah. had some great, um, not very balanced, but great sort of fun sort of fluff yeah. scenarios. Like, so they're just great to play at home. Like, it's not the sort of thing you'd put in a tournament, but they're just really good fun. One of the things that I liked about Six Ed, and maybe you guys can pipe in with this in a sec on your thoughts, but what made it so special for me 
was it was a massive tonal change for me. I one of my favorite books in fifth ed was the Realm of Chaos book. I believe that's what it's called. It was the Armies of Chaos. Anyway, um, I love the art. It was um, most of it was by was um, MG uh, Mark Gib Gibson Gibbons Gibbons, um, and I adored like the dark black and white art, um, big scary you know, monsters running around, griblies, chaos warriors, um, chaos marauders. I thought it was fantastic. But then with sixth ed, it's like they took that to the next level. Um, stuff we basically seen in um, Mordheim where the art got really weird and really dark and they sort of funneled that into sixth edition. And then all of a sudden, everything got like five minutes to midnight, but not midnight where, you know, the world's going to end just, it got real grim. And to me, that is what made Warhammer really tick over. Um, you have that, those wonderful black and white drawings in all the books in all the corners um, in a way that I just feel like helped define the edition um, and sort of going into that element of, of grim and dark psychology became a huge game mechanic in that edition, fear, mm -hmm. terror, um, morale mattered. And man, having played a lot of games with Skaven about 12 months ago, I assure you, my army destroyed my <laughs> opponents until they got near my guys. And then my entire my entire army fled in mass. I was playing our buddy Pip and he was getting fairly disheartened because I had annihilated, I think, two thirds of his army in the first two turns of the game. Then he got one unit into the middle of my Skaven army and my entire army ran in every direction. And I don't think I had a single, a single thing left on the board. And he just went, wait, is that supposed to happen? And I went, yep. And that's why I play Skaven because <laughs> I lose every game, but man, is it fun. Um, is that, I, what are your loves of six edition? Because clearly you had to have had one to bring this event into existence. Uh, for me, like one of the things that you just hit on is, is the artwork. So there's a few books in particular that I think are really nail it. So the vampire counts one mm -hmm. is just amazing, has really beautiful artwork in it. And like you said, really, um, grim and maybe like realistic, like the, may the way you might imagine sort of the things to look, not like a miniature. So much more realistic portrayal of, of the vampires, um, and the beasts of chaos as well as also has some really fantastic art in it um so yeah the artwork um i mean like i sort of mentioned earlier like i sort of just sort of stumbled into it like by accident like i was looking for eighth edition games but you know hey people are playing sixth but then since picking it back up and then actually getting back into the swing of it because i used to play it a lot sort of back in the day um yeah like the psychology the fact that hitting a unit in the flank or the rear makes a significant impact on the game. Like it matters. It with eighth edition, it felt like sometimes it really didn't matter. Yeah. Um, you know, like I used to play Empire and I'd run pistoliers and things like that. You know, terrible unit. You charge someone in the flank and someone kills one pistolier, and all of a sudden you lose your flank attack bonus and you don't negate any of their ranks and things like that. Whereas with sixth edition, um, it's a lot easier to um, disrupt the enemy by doing flank attacks and things like that because sixth edition looks at the unit strength of the units on the board rather than just simple model count. So yeah, it just, it plays a bit differently. It plays faster because you've only got um, the, the front rank of units fighting. 
models that get killed, they can't fight back until the next turn. So sometimes you're, you're rolling dice for combat, you're only rolling two, three dice. You know, the attacker might be rolling five, and then you're defending, you're rolling, you know, one or two. Um, so it just, the game sort of just cracks through at a faster pace. You're not having to pick up 20, 30 dice. Mm. So, yeah, it's just, it just plays really nicely. It's, the, the, it's, it's quite simple as well. Yeah, the the friction element, a lot of, a lot of game designers talk about friction in terms of like... Um, mm. The idea of the godlike general sort of determining what happens and and what i find uh enjoyable and a lot of um people who've been gaming for a long time love about war games uh, good war games one where there are things that happens that you can't control so i think the the friction angle that's built into to sixth edition is you really need to think about how you're deploying your army at the start of the game and the other bit of it is is basically how you're going to who you're going to charge because it's the um, the one hit pony stuff. So you know, if you don't get the charge off that you want, you could be in a lot of trouble because receiving a charge, you could find your guys, you know, wiped out or running away. Or mm. um, some sometimes people think, oh, well, it's a little bit like chess. It's like, well, no, it's not because um, there's a random element about are you going to get the drops where you want them to be? Are mm. you going to, you know, there's there's um, guessing of distances going on. Uh, you do the charge, and you're like, "Well, you're not necessarily guaranteed." Yeah, so there there are things like that built into it, and into what is that that aspect of the game is quite simple, and I think that's a a good game mechanic. Uh, I know the magic phase uh, is quite simple, um, which is good, and it's not over the top. Um, you can become over the top. We there are some particular, um, you know, armies that do have some access, and some of it's more thematic than anything. We'll be neutering the crap out of that, boys. So don't worry about that. Um, the we'll make sure it's you know fun in terms of you know that the magic stuff. But it's yeah that that is also good. I find other than those aspects of the the rules, the the mechanics going on there are uh, quite good, quite simple in a way. But people shouldn't be daunted by the huge rule book it comes with. Actually, the core rules are actually you know quite short. It's, it's just all the fluff. You can then make it as, as complicated as you want. That sixth edition rule book, when I got it, I was just, just blown away by disencompassing. You've got siege rules in there. You've got skirmishers rules in there that were the, the forthcoming. They, they formed the, the nucleus of the game. Um, map, map campaign uh, rules. Yeah, yeah. Like, was it not Necromunda? What's the family? Mordheim guys, yeah, you know, like yeah, they're still yeah. very big, you know, people are still playing Mordheim, but yeah. a lot of that stuff originated out of that sixth edition. Um, fantastic stuff going on there. The Grim Universe stuff's really cool. I, I, I remember sort of rediscovering uh, Gortrek and Felix, and I do remember reading them as a as a young guy. And that really, though, if you like those novels, um, playing sixth edition is, is awesome because you're getting a real taste for this. This is idea of a sort of foreboding build-up for a big showdown, and which is sort of nice and fluff with a, with a game, and you can go and recreate that, which is great. Um, and I guess that other bit in terms of the the whole idea of the old world lives sort of thing, and a big nod there to the Swedish uh, fellas in their their podcast out there, um, is that it's a huge universe, and you can do whatever you want with it. So um, you can come up with new ideas as to how. You know, a lot of things are well put together in terms of a universe, but you can go and play your own sort of, you know, what happens here or what might happen there. And there's lots of lots of opportunities for people to do their own narrative games and things like that. So I, I think it's a really because it's just you've already got it all there. The universe is there. It's on a, a filled in canvas. It doesn't mean uh, you're limited. It means you can actually use your imagination about what things you want to add to it. 
um, just because, you know, some people think, oh, no, we need a blank canvas. We'll, we'll do what you can actually make something a little bit more, you know, intricate, if you like. So, yeah, that's 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 what I like about the, the whole sixth thing. I like it more than I ever did eighth, really, which mm. would be sacrilege in some some circles, but, yeah. Yeah, and in-game, in it's since coming back to it and playing it for this last 12 months, it's in some ways a lot less less forgiving than eighth edition, yeah. but in mm -hmm. a good way. So yeah. terrain really matters. Your units get massively slowed down. So that influences your army design. You know, you really want some skirmishes or something that can actually deal with the terrain on the board rather than just blasting through it at full speed. Um, and you generally can't get alpha struck by your opponent because in 8th edition, you could charge in, you could blow through a unit, and then you could reform your unit afterwards. Oh, I've turned around. And so, I've yeah. turned around, yeah, and I'm ready to face <laughs> like a counter charge. Where with 6th yeah. edition, no. you charge in, and then if you happen to break your enemy or whatever, you can't reform your unit. And at first, the first couple of games I played, I was like, I really don't like this. Like, my units are out of position. Yeah. But then playing more games, I was like, this is actually a great thing for mm. um, the the opponent to respond to me. So like, do I want that charge? Do I want to kill that unit? But then I'm leaving my own unit exposed. And that, that that's a good thing for the game. Yeah. Like ra rather than, you know, thinking of it as a bad thing, it's, well, you need, you have more decisions to make. You need to make trades with your opponent in terms mm. of your units. So it's, it's less forgiving, but it's um it, it makes you think a bit more than eighth edition. I think also the, the running away stuff, the psychology stuff you were mentioning before, Brad, like, um, I've had this whole thing about, you know, the magic. You'd, you'd always end up with a, an army that had leadership 10. Someone had that and you're going to get a bit. You got to re-roll every sort of failed psychology test. <laughs> like like you got two goes at it. Uh, so mm -hmm. and it's, it's, you don't get that. And, and a lot of armies are sort of struggling at 2,000 points to have a, a leadership um, higher than than eight or nine. So, you know, a nine or eight, you're going to fail. So you have to actually sort of factor in at some point you're going to get a bad roll and what are you going to do? So... Yeah. Those things are all um, part of that well, that friction element I'm talking about. That you, um, God is, you know, having having a beer. You know, um, you actually have to rely on your own wits on um, how what your army is going to do. Which, which I think lends itself to like um, you work for it and you get to enjoy that as opposed to uh, a lazy war game where you just move your stuff forward and you throw your dice. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, it's just not what i'm interested i don't know but a lot of gamers who, who are enjoying it is there are a few key things in the mechanic to sort of think about that gets you thinking and thinking in a creative way about you during the game yeah but as you say it's not too hard to pick up as well it's a wonderful game in that it does have the elements that you can pick it up quickly and push some things around and have a good game but it definitely has that tactical depth uh, because also because it's unforgiving in a lot of ways, particularly around psychology and which way your are you know your units are pointing, um, it it requires a lot of thought. And I also really like. I mean, you guys hit so many of my talking points just then. But going back to what you were saying about magic, it really magic is important, but it isn't game breaking. And no one ever accused Sixth Ed of having the worst spells ever. It's going to ruin the game. That was other editions of warhammer there's no dwellers um, below <laughs> no exactly no dwellers below no purple sun oh maybe there was purple sun it was definitely something different though um but it meant that you had to think carefully about what you were doing um which you know consequences on the tabletop and 
it you that that forcing you to to think about what you're doing otherwise you're going to get punished while you're playing can you know isn't everyone's cup of tea but it makes for a rich gaming experience that you you know at least for me I kept wanting to come back to get to mm-hmm. I'm going to do this again I'm going to see if I can do it better next time I'm going to try this again I'm going to come at it a different way maybe I'll reposition my units this way maybe I'll lay my army out this way but of course then some of the missions would change that and you would just go oh yeah, maybe I won't. Um, but then you have to adapt. And in adapting, you're learning as a general and you're doing things that, you know, make you a better player. And God, it was just so much fun. I could yeah, go yeah, back and yeah. talk about this edition forever. We had a little CanCon practice recently and there's a guy, uh, hello, Ken. Um, he plays Orcs and Goblins and what he did with his deployment, he was randomizing which unit would get deployed. Like, so he went extra level of you know like wow not, then, not knowing where 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 it was going to go so the, the, the orcs and goblins stuff like you got animosity they might you know not want to do like but he just like he he won a game but then he, this, he but yeah he then started randomizing um not just which unit he was going to deploy next but where along the deployment line so like use like a directional dice to say i'm gonna <laughs> on the left or the right or the center or whatever and then and then for the last game shockingly he randomized which direction the unit would be facing when he set it up. He so was playing basement. So, so some yeah. would be facing backwards or to the left or the right or forwards. And he, yeah, and then randomly he was yeah, he was playing basement in the last game and he had some ambushes turn up behind him and his units happened to be facing the right direction. And <laughs> they were to charge into them. It's it was amazing. just outrageous sort of luck. But um it was, but it's, it's yeah, I mean it's hilarious that some yeah, like yeah. Yeah. you know, you don't you don't have to take the game too seriously if you don't want to. I, I do remember a story of, uh, and I think this oh, may have been seventh edition or eighth edition, but Dave of War of the old LRDG podcast fame um, may have been out on the town the night before a big event. I think it was the Sunday morning. So he'd played Saturday and then we'd gone out Saturday night and then showed up the next morning a little seedy. Um, and I, I think, I don't want to say maybe his whole army, but I think like, half of his army were deployed because he'd pulled it out and put them on the trays, but they were facing him. And he didn't realize <laughs> he was still CD from the night before that half his army was facing the wrong way because they were in the position that he put them in the trays and he just yeah. wasn't paying attention. Because, you know, you just put the units down in trays oh, and then went, yeah. oh, I guess for my first turn, I'll turn around. Something that we should also mention, um, and I did allude to it earlier, because sixth ed had the legs that it did and the longevity, it it ran for a long time and there was a lot of expansion to it. But what that meant was you didn't just get additional armies and there were new armies in sixth ed. I believe that was the first appearance of the Ogre Kingdoms. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm making yeah. that up. No, um, but it was also, I mean, zombie pirates and all sorts of other wacky yeah. stuff happened. Yeah. But Same there games. were lists in the back of the books for those of us who play bolt action they were very much the theater selectors that we know and love from bolt action where it it forces you to take a a narrowed army list that mm-hmm. goes in a particular vein and that themes your list you know a pestilence skaven army for example where everyone is diseased in one form or another um etc 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 but then those lists also appeared in campaign books. So you you know you may already have a Skaven army, and then 
there you get the Lustria book and all of a sudden you can play it in a whole new way. Um, and it forces you to play certain ways, but in doing so, you know, you're getting to play fun, fluffy armies. Yep. And I always loved that about sixth edition and I wish more games did it. Um, now I know we're going to get to this in a second, but it is one of my big questions for your event, given how many of those existed. And in some cases there's two army books for certain armies in existence mm -hmm. for sixth mm -hmm. edition because yeah, they yeah. Would have had one at the beginning of the edition and one yeah. at the end. How yeah. are you navigating that as far as list wise, what your expectations are for this event? Well, uh, our first approach is just to allow everything, but to encourage the players themselves to self-moderate and to, to encourage that, you know, the, the event is supposed to be fun and to think about your opponent when you're designing your list. Um, but we want players to be able to use anything they want. You know, there's no rankings points here. Um, you know, there's not like a super big prize pool or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, um, all back of the book lists are allowed. All the campaign expansion lists are allowed. White Dwarf articles. You've, you know, we've had a player asking us about there's a chaos mutation table in a particular mm -hmm. white dwarf. And we were like, never heard of it, but you know, Googled it free doc, free version came up, had a look and said, yep, that looks fine. There's one mutation on here that looks absolutely busted. So maybe just like avoid that one and otherwise you're good to go. Um, but yeah, we, we want people to bring, if they have a cool themed army, like an all mounted orcs and goblins army from the badlands, then cool. Bring that. Um, at the last event we ran someone, brought a blood dragons list from the back of the vampire counts book where you can run the knights in lance formation as if they're bretonians mm -hmm. um yeah and the, the army wasn't overpowered like there's there's no reason to restrict certain things just just because they're different mm -hmm. um that's yeah. that said um those dodgy scaven players um, <laughs> but no 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 not you Brad. of course uh, <laughs> hey, I lose yeah, that I, I, saying. yeah 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 no i i think that the joke is that you will find there's always uh, sadly going to be people coming to work i mean it's it, it is the thing we it's a competitive event but we're calling it competitive nostalgia and there'll be some people who might not have the bet the attitude might be they really want to win you know in terms of people who like that, they might want to win by having the most competitive list. Well, look, we're going to say you can take special characters, you can take whatever, but you're going to have to clear all. If you're going to be thinking of trying to do something really wild, um, you're going to have to get onto us well before uh, the twenty. It was the fourteenth of January, I think, is the deadline we got for this. Um, don't look. We don't. We don't want to waste your time, and and we certainly don't want our time wasted by people mucking around with stuff who might not even have the miniatures you know so if you are doing it take it seriously um we want the, your opponent to actually have a fun time so there's nothing worse than something silly we will be turning around and telling people like um you know if you're turning up with something who's got 10 dice and you've got three bound items on top of that well we're going to be having a really good list look at your list like yeah. you know okay you might be taking a you know a thing an army of high elves with you know, just a bunch of archer blocks and some spears, that might be okay. Maybe mm -hmm. that's all right. But um, unfortunately, <laughs> people who do those sort of lists aren't thinking like that. They're like, I'm yeah. going to have all the best toy snacks and do the combinations. Like, 
Um, you know, we've we've played a lot of games. We've played a lot of eighth competitively. So, you know, um, yeah, let's not wake, waste everyone's time. Just to have the attitude of like, brings the bring the cool stuff you want to play, and 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 and, and um, have the right attitude of wanting to have a good, fun game of a, a fantastic game system, which. I'm not sure how long people continue playing it, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping that mm-hmm. people will continue to pick it up. But um, right now is an opportunity at CanCon to actually get behind a, a game um, which is alive, even though it hasn't been supported um, by its old company for a very long time. So I, I guess that's, yeah, my my little thoughts there. We do have some notes in our player pack about, you know, how to think about it. But, yeah, don't, don't be that don't be, don't be that person, man. <laughs> you don't want to be that person. You really no. don't. Yeah, and, and, like, we don't – I don't want to squash someone's hobby either. Yeah. Like, so some we've had some players emailing us questions to say, what about this special character or what about this one? Yeah. And some of them are perfectly fine. Others definitely lean towards – um, being very, very competitive and very, very good. And so our response is to say, well, yeah, you can take it, but maybe think about the rest of your list. So maybe don't take fully optimised um, your core choices and things like that. So, yeah, I don't want to say, you know, you can't use this model or that you've painted mm-hmm. and you really want to use, but just think about your opponent as well. So you've you've got a really good competitive choice with your special character um, who's bringing some sort of, you know, amazing army-wide ability um maybe just have a think about the rest of your army yeah and there are other things built in there brad with um the scenarios uh, are deliberately designed in a way to actually like you might think that running um some sort of particular uber list is going to be the one that's going to win you the games uh you might find with some of the scenarios that you're going to get you know very well could actually lose those games so uh it's a, it's a it's a range of things it's scenarios it's your list it's also the models you got now if you don't have them painted up and all the rest of it um we're not asking for much like you, you can take unpainted you're just not getting any any um points that's all Right. Prizes. 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 Yeah, you're not going to get points, but yeah, no, yeah, that's not, fine. Just, just that's, not eligible for prizes. Yeah, so you know, the don't don't you know don't game the you know model to to try to win the game. Like it's it's just yeah, people are going to be taking it really seriously. I've seen some beautiful models that guys have said to me that they haven't taken out of their um you know their wardrobes or whatever for like mm-hmm. 15 years like and it's, it's that's going to be wonderful that's going to be wonderful to be but then we've also got you know lovely new people who have played other game systems who who've like uh it was a great bloke who turned up to one recently he, he bought all the demon stuff from um from scratch you're still able to get all the old mm. all the old demon models are still what's put out with that name of that game we're not going to mention or well, i'm not um <laughs> but you can get that and you can play six edition and that's great um so you know think about the it's an all-encompassing thing for how you're gonna how you're gonna do it now i do want to touch on some of the things you guys said but i do want to jump back a step and I want to talk about the event itself. Now, you've mentioned that it's it's almost casually competitive, um, yeah. that you will be resubmitting lists if it's not in the um, in, in the the flavor or the in the vein of what your expectations are for this event, which is for people to socialize and have a good time. Um, yeah, it's, I it's, think it's, it's more of a, it's more of just a list would create like a negative experience for for their opponent. Exactly. That that's what well, we're aiming at. Well, I think what you put for what you need in the player pack um, as sort of the key for me for this, which is a good attitude and a 2,000-point army from any of the Warhammer Fantasy army lists. 
I think that that really does sum it up. And I think what also sums it up is you guys are running something a little different. Now, you and you guys and I both played CanCon over the years uh, for Fantasy Battle. And Fantasy was famous at CanCon for being an eight-game, three-day event. And I thought that was the hardest wargaming thing I'd ever done. In fact, I have slept under a table at a CanCon between rounds before. <laughs> However, um, then I started playing bolt action for two day events and my brain melted, but, um, CanCon is usually the slog. What I really like what you guys are doing is that it's four games, two days. So you're playing two games per day. You're encouraging people to socialize. You're encouraging people to take the time to pick their favorite painted army and to look around the field. You're encouraging people to, to take time, go out, have lunch, hang out, look around CanCon, go to the buy swap sale. You know, to, it, it, it's a community building event. It's not a, as you said before, this isn't for ranking points. That's, mm. that's really important. And I think it's also important to point out that you guys initially started with a 20-player cap, and you're at 46 with a waiting list now. Clearly what you're putting out is appealing to the community. That's awesome. Yeah, the I mean, two games per day, that's just like what Ben and I always want from an event. And I've, I've literally never been to an event except our own events where that happens. So whatever I'm playing, Warhammer back in the day, or, you know, I've played Kings of War in, in recent years as well, and Bolt Action. Um, whenever it gets to game three, I always say to my opponent, draw and go for a beer and occasionally people accept sometimes they don't and you know you play out the third game but mentally like that's just like i love playing two games that's enough for me and then i'm happy just to go for a beer with someone and catch up meet them or you know someone i know and, you know and just catch up again um and we we trialed the the two game format twice this year with two canberra events and um both were really well received People really like it. Yeah, I, thanks, Brad. I'm, I'm, yeah, we're pretty blown away, but also um, I'm quietly not surprised that we've had the take up that we have. There, there has been an explosion on, particularly on the, the various Facebook groups around, around people playing sixth edition. So uh, it's partly, you know, it is the old world um, coming. That's part of it. And as we mentioned before, there's a lot of people getting doing some retro hammer around there. Some great Facebook mm -hmm. pages. Like there's, you know, old hammer and there's. Uh, and, and the like, um, you can check those out. There's some fantastic people still out there modeling and doing some great things with old and new models uh, and also using different manufacturers as well. That's cool. Um, but what I will say about the format is I one of the things that used to drive me nuts is particularly when we we're doing that game Warhammer Fantasy tournaments back in the day, it, it was just silly. People didn't barely had enough time to go to the loo. Um, they... They, um, I remember being so angry actually in one of them because it was a really hot weekend. It was the weekend one of the one of the tournament organizers got heat stroke. It was yep. ridiculously intense. Um, there was a, an attitude that the really hyper competitive guys really didn't help what was going on. Um, there was before we had a lot of like um, uh, gaming um, tournament apps as well. So it was you know so much pressure on the TAs to get the scores up and get the draw up. It just wasn't fun. And that whole CanCon, I mean, I remember 
I remember actually sort of deliberately, I didn't even pull a game, but I basically said to them, look, can we just wrap it up now? Because I wouldn't mind being able to, you know, literally it was like, can I go eat or can I, you know, <laughs> I would actually like to go and look around CanCon. And that's the point. CanCon is an amazing event. Um, this will be the first time it's come back after a couple of years of either not being on or, look, the start of this year was terrible for CanCon, uh, unfortunately, because of what, the, what, what was happening with, with COVID in the world. Uh, it looks like this one is going to be the goer. I know from talking to Tim at Canberra Game Society, who hosts and, and organised the event, that it will events will sell out. So don't sit on the fence and think, oh, I'm going to sit back until the end of December to decide when I'm going. You need to get a ticket now, guys, because mm-hmm. like the fact is they, they had the record sellout of trading spots that they've ever had. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, as of like a month ago, they said that they had over 700-odd people that had already registered to play tabletop war games, okay? Now, that's excluding like, you know, guys, are, people who are turning up to play role-playing games, your board gaming people. It is a massive event. At its peak, you'll have 6,000 people will come through CanCon itself. There are three huge pavilions. If you're playing an event there, you want to go and see some of that. You want to go and buy some nice mm-hmm. toys, and you also want to – you will see people – you haven't seen for ages. It's just lovely. It also, it's just lovely that you get that um, uh, feeling of what is a lovely, vibrant community where people don't really care. Um, they don't care what you do for a job. They don't care about, um, you know, all the other sort of, you know, crappy things that might happen in people's lives or worlds. It's a wonderful space where people get to go and enjoy and be enthusiastic about um, their playtime, yeah? So you get to go play with people. So we want that at CanCon. People will get to do that. You'll get to play your games, have a big break, do what you want for that big break, come back a second game. And if you want to play a casual game afterwards, we've got the tables. You can play games after the tables. The The, the venue will be open, um, you know, quite late after that. There's time for that. So Yeah, you probably you know. play Ben or I. We'll yeah, have, yeah. We'll have armies there as to be buybusters. So, But, um, like, we might have a casual game. Yeah, at the end of the day as well. Yeah, plus I, I just so, want to get you know in the first first rush for the second hand store. So, <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's which a is a thing, thing. Uh, especially yep. if you're thinking about playing sixth ed with sixth ed models. Uh, right. Which is a shout out to the guy who did the animation at the beginning of this video, Quinn, who's been collecting sixth ed models for years to play sixth ed, which is awesome. Respect. Um. Now, I I love that you guys have talked about in the player pack, you talk about being competitive nostalgia, I believe is the word, the term you use. And you talk about how, how it's important that you do play and you play well, but also that you're not playing at the expense of your opponent. Um, I also like that. Look, you're allowing, because this is a rank and flank game and that can take a lot of models. Um, However, it's important to remember sixth ed uses a lot fewer models a lot fewer models than eighth ed than kings of war it is smaller more um look i don't want to say intimate scale but it is it isn't it is a more um it it feels more um in, in the mud slogging it out um with sm- smaller battles and mm. man those games just look great on the table they feel great um, particularly if you've been playing a lot of huge rank and flank games to have the the smaller scale it, it doesn't feel as overwhelming um and as such six set is actually a very easy army um if you are painting to build an army it is very achievable to get that done uh, particularly in the in the era of contrast paints and technical paints mm-hmm. and all these things 
Um, you can actually get a good-looking army on the tabletop for six said pretty damn quickly, uh, especially in the advent of all the wonderful models that are coming out these days. So, yes, you are asking people, try and have armies to at least the three-color minimum. Um, but as you said, you're being loose with things because you just want to build a community and have a good time, which I think is awesome. That's it. Yeah. I mean, if it's not painted, it's fine. Come anyway. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's talk about WYSIWYG um, because that's yeah. always been an element of Warhammer events. Talk to us about what your expectations are, particularly if you're not, if you're being lenient with the painting, how does WYSIWYG lean into that for your event? Well, we do allow, we are allowing proxy miniatures as well from other companies. Um, I guess as, as long as whatever you're taking reasonably looks like what it's supposed to be. Um, yeah. I mean, we did have a question about, can I take some, the example we put in the pack is chaos hounds and chaos knights. Like, can I take mm -hmm. some chaos hounds um, as chaos knights? And the answer was, well, no, you can't do that um, because chaos hounds are another unit in, in that book. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we want it to be, you know, reasonably representative. So, I don't know, you might convert some Empire Knights or take a third-party manufacturer to use as Chaos Knights, but, yeah, not not dogs or, you know, birds or whatever, you yeah. know. It needs to just, it needs to make sense. And I guess yeah. if you're not sure, you can always just email us a photo of, of it and check. Yeah, I, I think the key thing is that unit, unit fillers are meant to assist you with, with the play and is the mm -hmm. point, as opposed to, uh, I'm creating unit unit fillers that are going to enable me to run <laughs> the, the magic army list that I want. Um, we, mm -hmm. We're not, you know, didn't come down in the last shower. Um, you know, seriously, like a you know, bit of respect for the people you're going to play is really. I, I'm sorry, I'm not, I don't mean to sound aggressive towards the people who are playing. No, I, just, I'm just laughing. It's at the just analogy. good to sort of set that expectation yeah. up with guys. Is like, man, like just don't muck about. We we want to have fun. Um, so you know, trying to think about. What is the way that I'm going to get the edge by modeling in a way that's going to be, it's is a bit silly. So don't don't even play with it. Like take what you got and can it fairly represent what you've actually got in your list? Uh, things like um, standard bearers and musos, for example, is a classic. Like if you're paying the points for a standard bearer and muso, you need to have the model. Okay. Like mm -hmm. you know, look, if you were playing a casual game on the weekend, fine. I wouldn't have an issue so much if I knew the person or whatever. It's not a big deal. Um, but in a tournament, like, people have spent a lot of time and energy and there's a lot of good stuff, a lot of joy that's gone into what they've done to, to come along and people have spent a lot of money to, to come to Canberra um, to play. So I don't muck about with um, the models you're going to bring. If you're not sure, just get onto it, I guess, mm. is, is the thing there, Brad. Like, that's that's how we're, we're approaching that. So, you know, we're very open about proxies and that's cool. Just, you know. Don't 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 be that guy. Okay. Occasionally, unit can. fillers can get a bit silly. I do remember playing a, an eighth edition game at at camp at Cancon, where a person had a high off chariot turned sideways, and that was like the back ranks of their high off spearmen. So it was a front yeah. rank of high off spearmen, and then a chariot turned sideways, and then I think maybe a rear rank of spearmen. And they're like, "Oh yeah, that this is my unit filler," and it's like. Okay. Yeah, that's that's great. Yeah. Yeah. That looks awesome. Mm. It, but yeah. it wasn't even like a knocked over chariot. It was just a chariot. No, no, it was just sideways. literally a chariot yeah. sideways. Yeah. I also <laughs> I'm like, oh like, dude, just glue a, a rock to the base and put three <laughs> steam around it. It will yeah. look it will look better than that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, look, I mean, look, we, we sold out so quickly. Within a week, we had 30 players um, from the, the tickets. Like, it was nuts. And to get the 46, was we got to that, what, within a fortnight or something like that? Was, yeah. So, look, there's, there's people have had a lot of time. They will have a lot of time by the time that January comes along. So, um, for our wonderful players out there, I'm, I'm not trying to be really hard on this. It's just, you know, you've got plenty of time there, guys. Like, just work it out. If you need a hand, like, we, the community here, we're more than happy to lend people models. Like, that's fine. Yeah. It's, you know, reach out. We'll do it for you. Um, but we need notice and, you know, don't, you know, I mean, it's just me showing my age. It's, it's sort of um, people can overcommit and think they can do a lot. Um, just see, write down a little task list and just tick it off slowly and you'll get there, you know, and then just think about that with your painting or that with your list design and, you know, you'll, you'll be fine. Exactly. Exactly. Well, let's talk about some of the themes and prizes for this event. Now, obviously, we're going to have a Best General Award and we're going to have a podium. Um, but remember, as we said earlier, this is not an Uber competitive event. Um, but you also are trying to get people to come out and have a good time. And you, you have a couple of prizes to encourage other aspects of the hobby as well. Um, you, you also have a best painted trophy. Um, but you also have something that I've never heard of before the halfway hero. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that award? Yeah, it's, it's my my favourite. It was always a bugbear at Canberra events in the Warhammer scene a long time ago. Uh, well, in the gaming scene, you'd, you'd see this weird situation where people would go and play and there'd be some players that worked out very early on that they were going to lose, right? And rather than, you know, just play as hard as they could and, you know, just, you know, give it a big old go, uh, the people who made a calculation, are, oh, cool, I'll get the wooden spoon. <laughs> I'm literally playing to get the wooden spoon prize, right? Like, you know, they get a come out going, oh, oh, I could actually get a cash prize uh, to buy my models by being the worst mm -hmm. player in the room. Um, that This is the halfway hero thing. It's kind of newts that idea. But it also, it's, it's just basically encourage everyone to have a go. So it's the, the player that comes exactly halfway is going to be the halfway hero. They've had a go. They've had a crack. Like, you know, they've won some. They've lost some. They're here. It's normally they're the unsung heroes and heroines of, of wargaming and the people who are the middle of the pack, um, you know, they've, they've had a guy that, that's, you know, I'd, uh, funnily enough, it's often where I wouldn't often end up in tournaments, but um, mm -hmm. that's, that's my, I think that's the point I think is, is we want to encourage people from all sorts of abilities and, and all the rest of it. Um, mm -hmm. Cause you will like you, your family's join like people who paint incredible armies might not be the best player. Like mm -hmm. it's just like people are different. Yeah. yeah. It's and like Ben said, it's just a simple way to stop anyone throwing a game to to specifically get the wooden spoon, which doesn't happen all the time, but it has mm -hmm. happened. Yeah, it just with sponsorship. Happens. Yeah, oh, it's not. Like, have you had that? Have you come across that one, Brad? People throwing stuff just to get the toys. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, I saw that at Warhammer 40k events back in the day, being like, ah, yeah. oh, this one doesn't matter. I'll just you know, and they you just watch them actively try and lose, and you go, this <laughs> this doesn't feel good. This doesn't yeah. feel good. Yeah, at all. yeah. I mean, that, that, that's not fun for the opponent. Yeah, you know, yeah. maybe uh, deploying your models facing the wrong way, like uh, like. <laughs> people too, but then not turning them around. Oh, <laughs> oh, no, they're just going to say here. I think yeah. that was on one of the top tables they did that, that too, which is why oh, you're like, oh, yeah. that's, that's awkward. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I know that when this player pack went live, mm -hmm. um, when you started selling tickets, you guys didn't have sponsorship for the event necessarily ironed out. Um, since that time, um, I know we're still 
a ways away from this event. Do you have any sponsors that you'd like to mention who are going to be supporting you for this event? Yeah, uh, look, um, Goblin, sorry, Paint Goblin Studios and Green Skin Games have um, uh, been incredible uh, towards us. We wrote to a whole bunch of different traders and and, and the like, and uh, Paint Goblin Studios and Green Skin Games have been fantastic. Um, all, all the players at our tournament will risk get something, uh, which is awesome, and they are also providing um, prize support there for people who get one of the um, you know unique Snowflake awards. So um, it's it's really incredibly fantastic and generous what we've received from Greenskin Games and Paint Goblin Studios and big hello to them. And we're hoping we'll we'll have some more um, bites as uh, as it goes on. I, I think I think probably some of the traders were probably a little bit perplexed by receiving contact from some people saying, "Hey, we want to we play." Big tournament yeah. at CanCon, and, so, and some of them would have been around going, "What they're playing six edition?" Like, yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, a lot of traders be like, well, "How how can this work for us?" You know, like. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's that's the beauty of six edition is is actually there are lots of manufacturers and lots of traders, whether it's um you know they mentioned some of the names of different models around around like I mean look there's War Games Atlantic's got some great mm -hmm. fantasy models, yes of course GW still does models that are still from um, previous editions of of Warhammer. Um, there are so many um, manufacturers out there and lots of excellent traders in Australia that you can go and access their gear. Mm -hmm. Plus, I, I think this is just a general thing, Brad. Um, I think with this one, we're actually actively just telling people, like, um, get, get, you know, go and check out the other games and the game systems. And, and the people who are disappointed that they weren't able to secure a ticket, like, please still come to CanCon. It is free, even if you're not playing in a tournament. But if you want to get in a tournament, I, I'd highly suggest going to CanCon. That last episode of Cast Eyes, I was like, wow, okay. It's almost like they're paying me to go. Like the, the prize support is so good. I mean, that's just worth turning up. Yeah, football. I was like, no, that's just nuts. Like listening mm -hmm. to prize support there, that's enough to be like going, wow, okay. If I wasn't doing that, I'd vaguely be tempted. Mm -hmm. But, you know, um, that's that's by the by. But, I mean, it's an example of um, there are some fantastic things going on there and um, don't sit on the fence, get behind it. It will be huge and it will be fantastic to see that. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about how people can submit. Now, you did say that this is 48 players were sold out. You do have a waiting list. But um, if you were lucky enough to get a ticket or if you are trying to get in, um, how can people submit their lists are you looking for a particular format? Because I know for a lot of game systems, we have all sorts of army building programs. Um, and given that this is a quote unquote dead game system, Lord knows what you would use to make it outside of Excel. Uh, maybe I'm showing my age by saying that. Um, but how, how can people turn in lists? How can people get on the waiting list? How can we get people involved with this event? Um, so I guess in terms of the lists, um, my email and Ben's email is in the tournament pack. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, just submitting them by the due date, which is the 14th of January, um, or submitting them earlier, particularly if you think you're running something particularly strong and you want to want us to have an early look at it. Um, yeah, in terms of format, um, some people say they've been using the army builder. I haven't been able to get one working myself, so I personally either just write them down on you know old school pen and paper mm -hmm. or if I'm going to a tournament, um, I type it up and print it out so that my opponent can actually read it. Um, so 
yeah, like we're, there's, we're not asking for a particular format as long as we can read it. Um, that's right. as long as it's legible. Yeah. I know, look, Army Builder um, 2.2C is what often some people talk about. So, look, more techie guys out there might be able to work that one out. But if you go to the uh, sixth edition Facebook page, the, the big one, in the various files that are available, there is a file there for Army Builder. Um, which some people can get to work, and that's great. I, I think from memory, Battlescribe as well does do something as well. You can check that out. But, look, it literally is rock, paper, scissors, pencil um, to work out your list. You can do that. Uh, but, yeah, Excel and the like is there. Um, what else was I going to say about that? The other thing in terms of updates and the like, um, we we posted in the Warhammer Fantasy Australia Facebook page, which used to be a big thing back in the day, but it seemed like an mm-hmm. obvious one because a lot of people are still on it. Uh, so in the events page in Kit for Cancom, we'll, we post high, uh, updates there uh, so people can check that out. And we've also got our own group in Canberra, which people are welcome to join, but it's it's the Canberra scene, a regional scene really, but uh, it's the Canberra Warhammer Fantasy, the old world. Sorry, what are we calling us? Yeah, the old world of 6th edition plus. Mm-hmm. You'll find that mm-hmm. on the player pack. Player pack is available at uh, Canberra Game Societies. If you go to tournaments tab and then hit on the tournaments, then you scroll down, you'll find... Uh, the old world lives warhammer fantasy 6 and you can access the pdf for the players pack for people who are interested who might not even be coming we'll probably update that and get that out before the event and we'll also be contacting people we've already done a couple of welcome uh emails to participants uh that you know we're getting ready to go getting excited so that's the communication there and the like what else about that but that's yeah that's what to do to get your list in and I'm probably, yeah, like we were saying before, if you're going to do something weird and wacky and wonderful, um, back of the book, compendium. So, I mean, I was reading the compendium. The early version of the Bretonian rules looks really hilarious, I, I thought. But, mm-hmm. yeah. I remember those. those Get funny. it in early. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about the actual games themselves because one of the things that I remember from way back in the day is the victory point margin system where, um, yes, there are scenarios, But then often with those scenarios, what determines the winner is how much of your opponent have you destroyed compared to your own. So, and that gives you the winner and the loser and how many points. And it, hence the term 20-0. Then I know someone asked me about the other day when I was mentioning it at a bolt action event. I was like, oh yeah, I 20 zipped him. And the guy said, I have no idea what that means. And I was like, oh, he tabled his opponent. It's because he 20 zipped him. Um, and it was it was the scoring system from fantasy. And I, I didn't even realize my brain automatically did that. Um, so you will be using the old scoring system for a lot of the victory conditions for some of your missions. Um, that, I guess, it's one of those systems that is classic. And if you've used it before, I don't know if it's even worth mentioning other than the fact that you're using it. And if you haven't seen it before, it's... Uh, I guess it's revolutionary for some players to consider, you know, every point that you destroy in your opponent's army counts towards your victory. And the more you have in yours, the better. And it's always important to remember that if you are able to capture someone's standard, that's an additional uh, victory point. Um, If you, oh, now I can't remember them all because I'm getting addition lag. It was killing the general. The general, right? And the battle standard there? Yeah. Some of the games have capturing table quarters as well. Yeah. Yeah, table quarters and then the scenarios, there's various um, victory points you can get as bonuses for each one in the the scenarios. 
But yeah, look, um, we're not we're not intending to open up PTSD on um, old age <laughs> edition of people or you know expose mm-hmm. people to trauma. Um, but I, I think the beauty of the the the, the scoring system, Brad, is <laughs> it, it does. We've had a difficult time trying to find a tournament app, uh, organizing application, and randomly um, Julian found one that's a, run by it's a chess chess one. Yeah, and the whole reason why is because uh, in around the warhammer scene was always about playing what they call um swiss um swiss pairings swiss pairings mm-hmm. so um this type of scoring zero to 20 by is really quite simple in terms of then being able to work out you know who's who's on who's top dog and and who's right. who's in the middle yeah so yeah. yeah that's that's how that works it's it's pretty nifty it really does give you a clear differentiation of play results, um, which as a TO for a lot of bolt action style events, you're, we often had to add additional victory points to figure mm-hmm. out, okay, if, if this many players win, how do I differentiate the people who won those games from the people who really won versus those who don't? This system allows you to do that really clearly. Yes, it's not without its flaws, um, but it is very clear who's won by a lot and who hasn't. Um, and that, you know, for Swiss system has always worked really well. Right. So yeah. yeah. If, we, if we went for a simple win, draw, loss system with 46 players, I'm not, I, no. I, I don't know the maths, but I, I don't know if four games would actually be enough to have a clear winner. Mm. I think apparently you need six. Okay. Yeah. So the, oh. the, 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 the 20, 20 nil or 20 zip system, um, gives us, I guess, more differentiation between the players. And in the event there's a draw, we do record the individual victory points scored as well. So um, you can separate draws on that basis. And even then, if you had an, another draw, which would be unlikely, it'll just come down to an old-fashioned dice-off. Nice. Everyone gather around. <laughs> Here we go. Get down the floor and let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Too my do I leave? <laughs> on to the dice-off. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now... As we said, this is a four-game event, so there's a little bit of leniency as far as time goes, Um, but there will be enough time to complete six full turns. However, if you guys do call dice down, game over. Um, Now, something that I want to talk about is your sports expectation, because I know, and we've all been playing classic fantasy events, and some are more fun than others at times. this is clearly, if you read the player pack, you get the very clear understanding that this is the kind of event that I would want to play in. It looks fun. You very clearly say you should be taking the enjoyment of your opponent and yourself into account when you are getting ready for this event. How are you handling sports with that in mind to further encourage people to play in that vein for this event? Uh, I guess just... To me, it's actually like normal wargaming etiquette. Like these are things that I do in any game I play, but just, I guess, clear communication with your opponent. I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Uh, if you are measuring something and if, if it's close, checking with your opponent before you actually move it. When you roll dice, picking up the misses and leaving the hits so your opponent has a chance to to look at it before you scoop them all up. Um, just basic things like that really like that's what we want to encourage and um you know we did make a comment in the pack about overly querying your opponent for rules because you know it is a timed event 
Um, so you don't have unlimited time and we don't want people like just asking rules questions simply to slow down a game and that sort of thing. Like, I think it's unlikely these sorts of things happen. Like, you know, yeah. they've happened to me like once or twice in, you know, like 25 years of wargaming. Exactly. It, right. it, it's like, it's like the possibility it might be there. So <clears throat> we put in these sort of comments in the pack just to sort of say, Hey, don't do these things. Um, you know, just keep it fun for your opponent. I used to work as a bouncer too, Brad. So, um, <laughs> yeah. no, but but jokes aside, I mean, it's just it is a shame that you have to sort of spell out what is what is etiquette, what is what is actually the nice way to play, uh, and trying to be open and straight with your opponent. Um, particularly, look if you don't know the person you're playing with, it's just look if you all know the sort of we're trying to provide a guide and guidance as to like what is a, a good fair way to play uh, in a in an honourable way if you like that both players are going to feel that you know they'll play the game roll the dice and the result is the result and hopefully you can walk away and say oh that was a fun experience even if you lost so that's that's ideally what you want um, so it is a shame I have to sort of spell out um, how that's done but some people some things people don't you know, naturally sort of they learn through experience or um, having some guidance provided to them about, well, this is what we expect. We expect people to play the game in a, a um, uh, well, in a positive way, having a good attitude and, and actually, you know, kind of caring about how their opponent is feeling with the game because there's nothing worse than being 20 zipped. And there's also, I don't know, like people who thrive who can be uber competitive it's also you can actually find yourself going well actually i'm not enjoying myself you know i'm winning mm -hmm. games but so we're trying to sort of you know mitigate and guide as best we can with the um with about how to be a good sport and the like we're not going to offer a award or anything like that for you know um, i know other tournaments are doing that we, have, we might throw something in for it but i guess the key thing is if people are clear about what things aren't um okay you know so the, the querying um Particularly, a game like Warhammer is so um, Warhammer Fantasy is so immersive, um, and you need to be really across the rules that you have for your, you know, your special rules for your special army, uh, and then you also have be, you know, you need to have a good grasp of the um, the basic rules. So um, you can really throw someone out if you're going to go keep querying what the special rule is for their army, and mm. someone can get flustered. It's just classic. It's a classic. Not a not a very good sportsman, um, sports yeah. person thing to do. So uh, look, any social behaviour won't be tolerated. Neither, neither will um, Canberra Gaming Society. And I have randomly, <laughs> you know, had those stories um, over the years. Mm -hmm. it doesn't happen very often of people being booted from from CanCon, and that's I always find that really surprising and weird. Um, yeah, that we're, we're about organized play, so we, we want to play together and have a nice time. I just want to take a second to read something out of your player pack that I think is really important, and I think more TOs should put in their player pack, which is if you get frustrated, even though this is a timed event, take five minutes, take a breath, yep. come back. Remember, winning isn't the point, it's about in having an engaging, fun time, even if you're losing. And I mean, that's the whole point, right? Yep. Yeah. When, now when, let's talk about four games. When, when, when I have a game where oh, I'm um, doing particularly well against an opponent or something through luck or whatever, um, I feel bad and I then mm -hmm. legitimately want to do my absolute best to make sure that that person has a good time for the rest of the game. Um, you know, you sort of like, I guess, really up your uh, <laughs> socialising and, um, yeah, I don't think yeah, it's it's not fun to yeah. get absolutely hammered. 
Um, but yeah, if your opponent can make you have a good time doing it, then yeah. that's great. You don't <laughs> want to be Julian's opponent that he played at a Sigma. I mean, sorry, that name or that game. I don't know. Really um, but he, he tells this great story. When I wrote that, I was like, oh, this is a story Julian had. Playing this game, guy was losing badly, didn't like what was going on. He took five. <laughs> Problem was, he said that Julian comes back. I think we've got to go outside. <laughs> yeah, literally said, let's go outside to settle this. So, <laughs> whoa. And it was the first indication yeah. at that point to Julian that yeah. he wasn't happy with yeah, the game. So, yeah, yeah. So, look, don't do that. Yeah. Like, just, I'll, just, I'll, yeah, no, I was going to do that. I thought, oh, he's, he's just, he's having, he's having a laugh. Yeah. So, and again, then, uh, then he was like, no, no, let's go. And, I'm, and I was like, oh, you're actually being serious. Yeah. <laughs> so, four games and, you know, you just chill out, guys. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. We're going to have fun and play and be nice and make friends. As as we say in Australia, it isn't sheep stations. It's we're yeah, here yeah. to have a good time, right? Yeah. yeah. Oof. Yeah, that doesn't sound like a good time though. Um. Well, let's let having someone say let's go outside. Really? <laughs> it's outrageous. Yeah. It's, it's the only yeah. Thing that's Ooh, it's hilarious. Um. I, look, I some of the some of the best games of Warhammer I ever played of both 40 K and fantasy. And I played those forever were the games that I lost my pants and got absolutely destroyed. And yet had the best time laughing and just have carrying on. You can do it. It, it, you know, it, it's all about you and your opponent and rolling dice and having a good time. Anyway, speaking of rolling dice and having a good time, let's talk about the missions that people will be playing because there are four very distinct missions for this event so i'm going to ask you to run through each uh just so people can get it in their head um particularly if they haven't seen the player pack and particularly if um you know they may not be coming to the event but they are playing casual games at home maybe they can play something like this and it might encourage them to download your player pack now we don't need to go through line by line of each mission but let's give the the idea for each one so game one is a mission called outflank what happens in that mission? Uh, well, the idea essentially is just to get into your opponent's deployment zone and to give a little buff to the armies that are a little bit slower, like dwarves. Um, your initial deployment zone is a bit extended beyond what it normally is. Mm -hmm. And if you can get um, more units into your opponent's deployment zone than they have in yours, you'll get some bonus victory points at the end. That's that's essentially it. Um, Part of the strategy of including this mission is just to a little bit to in, discourage gun lines. So, yeah, exactly, to, right? yeah, yeah. So, if you take a gun line, you're probably really going to struggle with this scenario. Yeah, and I, I think with that gun line for people aren't familiar, that's the idea of some an army that's got access to war machines or very powerful magical missile options in their in their list, and sort of you know bunker down in the deployment zone and don't move, and then expect the other player to sort of come at them. Uh, mm -hmm. which is not fun at all. And we, we're actively, no. again, you know, it goes about saying you, you don't want to be that guy. Uh, and look, if you are going to try to be that guy, you're going to lose game. You're going to lose this game. Mm -hmm. You're going to lose badly. Um, the other part is, um, yeah, if you kill the enemy's generals, it's worth worth points in terms of the scenario. Uh, so it's it's get up, have a go, and really try to get to the other end of the, the, the table. And I think for me it was very much inspired by more recent, like, like playing bolt action and playing... Um, Warriors of, of Nowhere or Erwan, um, mm -hmm. you know, they're great sort of, you know, lots of scenarios and things like that are that are really into that idea um, of, you know, move around the board uh, is a way to um, add an element of friction to people's army lists, you know. Mm -hmm. You, you mm -hmm. can't just have a one-trick pony. 
Exactly, right? Uh, because so many uh, of the classic meta forty you know, fantasy armies did lean in one direction. But I think it's great that you are encouraging players to think multi-dimensionally with army building. And I think it'll yep. make for more interesting my dynamic games as well. So yeah, that's cool. And then second game's a little bit the same, but uh it we it's just an objective game where there's an objective in the center of the board and the army with the most unit strength around that objective um gets bonus victory points at the end. So again, encouraging the armies to move forward. Um you know, a little bit of a nerf to the gun lines, but it's less punishing than the first scenario because you don't have to get right to the uh, enemy's deployment zone. It's only the center of the board. It's our, it's our version of Kitty Hawk down, uh, not there to the bold action guys, um, except it's pretty hard to replicate the idea of a, I mean, we could have done it, you know, like a, I don't know, magic missile or something, a meteor hits yeah. the middle of the table or some yeah, crap. Like we could have done that. But yeah. but I, I think that might have been a little bit, I mean, as much as Warhammer Fantasy is easy, it's all about imagination. That might have been a little bit too much for some of us. So um, we've, we've kept that simple. So we're going to have a big bung fight around mm -hmm. a, a thingamajig in the middle of the table, and, and it's in your interest to, to get your um, your units there. So, yeah, that, that should, again, get people moving around the board. I just, I'm sad you guys haven't said the name of that mission because it's, I think it's fantastic. Get the thingy. Get the Get thingy. The thingy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if you're playing at home, you put something really nice in the middle of the board, but yeah, um, yeah. when you're setting up 23 tables, we may not have 23 nice things to put <laughs> in the center of every table. Exactly. Well, let's talk about mission three, which has a far more um, grim name, blood and glory. Yeah, look, um, we we put this one in here. It's uh, the same name of a scenario in 8th edition, which a lot of people liked and other people hated. Um, my mm. personal favourite of this one, this is the one to put on to ensure that people can get potentially a longer lunch, um, really. But um, the, the, I guess the key thing about it is this, in terms of list building, it forces people to take uh, command units in their, you know, take a command. They, they're going to need... Um, standards as part of it so the idea is that you have the army has a, a fortitude value um, it, which is calculated by how many standards they have including their battle standards if battle um, battle standard bearer if they've got that and the general and basically if uh, you need to whittle down the fortitude value of an army um, down to to the breakpoint which is two so a lot of armies will come out with maybe five and then you know if they if you lose it lose a general well that's two down you left with um um yeah so i mean the the idea is to encourage the list building to not just take a full army of skirmishes or mm -hmm. flyers or something like that so you need to include some foot sloggers or cavalry or whatever that are carrying a, a banner about and yeah if you um destroy those units you can potentially make your opponent's army break so i mean we had a we had a little practice tournament uh, a few weeks ago in canberra where a person brought um, an army that had their general plus two standard bearers and Ben was actually playing this person and he shot his bolt thrower at the general riding a dragon killed the general I think it was turn one or two it's turn two and that was it and then his his arm his army broke and um yeah he's attending Cancon he went right well I need to put some more standards mm -hmm. in my army um so it was sort of you know not it, it's it, it influenced it should influence people's army design a little bit but um 
it also influences the way you play the game. You might want to protect certain units to prevent them from getting destroyed. Yeah. So the game could go for six turns or it could could end quite quickly, depending mm. on, on how you play that. So a bit of thought into your list and, uh, and, and the like. Um, uh, um, yeah, it's an old favourite scenario of, of mine, particularly at and a tournament. Too. I love it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And again, like in terms of how you're going to play that, you're going to try to get into the opponent's face, really, with that one. So, yeah. And then the last game is just a standard pitch battle, no special rules to remember. That's it. Yeah. Get stuck in. Uh, get those table quarters. Mm-hmm. Cheers and beers. <laughs> That's it. That's it. It's a nice, easy way to end the weekend, right? A lot yep. of fun. And you know what your army does. And, you know, just push things around, have a good old battle and see what comes out of the other side. Well, guys, I'm excited for your event. And, oh, I am going to CanCon, but I'm playing another game system. And if you weren't sold out, I would be hard pressed to not be asking to switch at the moment. <laughs> all the we put you on a whitelist, right? <laughs> this we've sounds had, amazing. We've had some players wanting to switch from Kings of War saying, oh, have you got a ticket? And like, you can go on our waiting no. list. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you get for playing Kings of War. No, no, we didn't say that to him. But no, 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 that's a good game. It's a good game. I'm, I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> we coach all game. All playing of war games is great. <laughs> exactly. Well, let's let's talk about how can people get on that waiting list. I guess is where I'm going with that. Um, and I'm asking for a friend. How can people get on the waiting list for your event? Uh, I guess yeah, either emailing us. Um, our emails are in the players pack, um, mm-hmm. or just sending us uh, a message on Messenger, Facebook Messenger. Um, both of our details are in the um, the Old World um, Lives uh, mm-hmm. Facebook event. Um, so, yeah, if you just shoot us a, a personal message. Yeah, or go to Warhammer Fantasy Australia uh, events page. Go to that one, and that's got Julian in there, and I think it's got me in there as well. You can get our yeah. – you can um, direct messages on that. Um for that one, mm-hmm. uh, look. I mean, look. I, I think we look. We would love to to do more, but I think being poor old, you know, like we want to get some more prize support lined up. Mm-hmm. The biggest concern we have is is actually making sure that we've got enough table, um, good mats and good terrain. And there's nothing worse. I can do remember an eight eight game Warhammer Fantasy one where they really had to just drag up the dregs, and it's mm-hmm. not nice playing on not very fun terrain. One way around is we'll make sure the top players play on the worst terrain. That's <laughs> that's that's my plan. Um, but you know we'll see if that happens. Um, but yeah, it's about securing that. And as people don't be aware, who've been to CanCon, um, the local community is absolutely stretched in terms of providing. Uh, it's going to be huge. It's going to be amazing. There will be over a thousand tabletop war gamers, you know, at so CanCon next year. Um, so you know, God willing, that will be what is will happen. So it's going to be awesome. So with that in mind, like. Look, I'd love to say we're going to have more on, but we have to be really, really, really realistic about uh, ensuring that we're able to support that plus what's happening with the current. It's like a weird, what is it, 3D chess goes on, which um, Canberra Game Society has to do in terms of mm. which games have, um, are being run, how many people are registered, games that haven't been subscribed or are going really well, they might get some more tickets. It's, it's all that sort of stuff, so... Um, there's that. And then there's also, look, I mean, I think if we get over the 50 players, like Julie and I, are, like, while well, we've got four games, that's going to be a pretty intensive uh, event um, to be running by any, in anyone's mm-hmm. book. So um, yeah. just in the last few days, I mean, we've had two players had to drop out 
due to personal reasons. So, you know, um, two players off the waiting list will get past those spots. So, yeah, if you are keen, I'd encourage you to get on the waiting list. Yep. Brilliant. Brilliant. Guys, this sounds really exciting. And, Thanks, uh, you know, you're, you're hitting me right in the nostalgia. This is brilliant. And I love that you've created this event. Uh, I think it's really brave and fun. And clearly it's paying off. I, I'm hearing that line from Field of Dreams. If you build it, they will come. <laughs> and hopefully this is inspiring for other TOs out there who might be thinking, uh, I love a game that, you know, isn't being made or played anymore doesn't stop people from loving those games. That's right. And yeah, it's, I'll, it's I'll just, just wonderful yeah. to see this event happening. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, people should just give it a go. Like if you like a game, go and try it out like your local gaming groups. Um, just just give some people a chance to look, I really feel like I want to play these set of rules and find out who wants to play it and set aside a weekend and go and do it. Like I, I think people get a little bit too uh, narrow sometimes waiting for the next um, – there's nothing wrong with waiting for the next – toy that's cool that's great that's part of the hobby but there are awesome rules why not go back and play with your old toys all the toys that you've just not painted you know you've got right there and all the time like why not you never finished it like i don't know i always said i mean the 40k boys seem to have an awful habit of you know someone will go and spend hundreds of dollars on miniatures and whatever goes on with they, their game i don't know i don't really understand but all of a sudden they're, they're then fire sailing and selling it like Right? Unpainted and you know, put mm. back together back. It's like, why don't you just go and play the game? How play the game how you and your friends want to play and have a have a nice time. And I think that goes to to any um people playing war games out there. You don't have to play tournaments, you can actually play narrative things together and um, you know, just get back to in work out the rules and the in the world that you want to play in and for that time, I, I guess is what we would encourage. And uh, people who can't come to Warhammer uh, Fantasy Six at CanCon, we would encourage them to get get a, get on to CanCon. It's going to be amazing, and and um, go to Bolt Action. Uh, yeah, yeah. But also, exactly. also say, like play play what's fun as well. Like you don't need to play just because there's a big community or whatever. Like I, I've seen some yeah. people say, "Oh, how many people play that in Canberra?" Mm -hmm. You know, is how many did they get at their last tournament? Did they get twenty? Uh, no, I'm, pro I'm probably not going to. It's not enough. Whereas, I mean, we play games that are not particularly popular, like Oathmark and Warlords of Erewhon. But to mm -hmm. be honest, you only need a small number of players, and it's you know you play a dozen games a year, and it's um it's still a great game, and you still have a great time with it. You don't need. I've always a huge... said all you need is three tables and six players, and you have a one day perfect event because you get to play exactly. three different people on three different tables and everyone you know you get a, a nice little you know swiss idea of you know people who are winning people who aren't yeah. and it's just a good time like you don't need a ten thousand yeah. people that's uh, right yeah. it, it actually doesn't make any difference to you personally you you, you get the same number of games so yeah look you I, know cook some have a barbecue you know have yeah. some beverages i mean that's that's great you exactly know? um well, wargaming can be fun and it's a good way to look introduce people that do don't play wargaming like um i've had a lot of fun introducing people to wargaming through zombie side you know um mm -hmm. yeah, you know, pushing miniatures around the world that's what we do so you know there, there are lots of ways to do it so um i guess yeah well, julie and i's i guess ethos is about play lots of different games and and do try what you 
try things out and give it a go. That is what we'd say to people elsewhere outside of Canberra or, or anywhere. Um, yeah, it's it's a wonderful hobby to be a part of and to be involved in and go out and talk about it a lot more. It's it's a lot more acceptable than it was, you know, 20 years or 40 years ago. Um, right. Very normal pastime. It keeps you out of the pub. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you get yourself out of like no trouble. Like, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be fine. Who who can't <laughs> but respect a person that sort of you know highlights a little bit of what intensive painting of little tiny things and moving around the table and throwing. But I mean, look, that's that's awesome. You're not gonna get in exactly. Trouble, yeah, it's good. Mental health and you know all that stuff. It's great. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I think that is a nice way to call it a day. Gentlemen, Ben, Julian, thank you so much for coming on today. It has been an absolute pleasure to highlight yet another amazing game system at Australia's Base Game Convention and one that I love and you clearly love as well. It's just wonderful to hear the passion in your voices and your love of this game, no matter what edition it is. It's just fantastic to have you. Thank you again for coming on. Thank you so much, Brad, and thank you to the Paint uh, Goblin Paint Studios and Greenskin Games for backing um, six. And if you're a trader, look, you can look us up as well, man. Like we we we're not proud. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> Thanks for having us, Brad. <laughs> Thanks, Brad. And, and subscribe to Brad's show. We love this show. We've, I listen to it all the time, even if I'm not playing a bolt action that much as I used to. I'm still I still do find it very entertaining. So. Yes. Thank you so much for having us on, Brad. It's been like really good. Thank you, brother. And Ben and I have talked before um, off air because he did listen to the show. Um, so, folks, if you do have feedback for Cast Dice, please message the Facebook page. I think that's a nice segue. Um, we, I do love your feedback. I almost said we, but this is just me with a microphone talking about uh, the games that I love with the people who also share the love of those games. Yes, I have gone down a bit of a bolt action rabbit hole this year, but um, given that we just talked about Xenos Rampant, and obviously now we're talking about Warhammer Fantasy Six Ed, and there's quite a few other games up the old sleeve, I think it is going to be a really exciting uh, 6 to 12 months coming forward for Cast Dice. Yes, the Ghost Army podcast is back. Yes, Cast Dice will still be doing bolt action outside of that. And yes, the Warlord Games podcast is also happening. A lot of stuff on the Cast Eyes podcast network for you to listen to if you would like to listen to this show. Um, I don't say it often, but if you happen to be uh, listening to this and you happen to like the show, please consider going on to your favorite podcatcher and leaving a great review. It really does make a difference. Um, We don't have any weird Patreon for this because... I do this to satisfy my own weird attention deficit disorder need to talk about games. But um, if you enjoy it um, and you would like other people to find the show, please do do that. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, as our buddy Casey always says, when you are playing the games that we know and love, I hope that your dice roll hot. I hope that your beverages are cold. But more than that, we at Cast Dice hope that you are having fun. Stay safe out there, guys. Good night.